From NPR and WNYC, live from the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Ask me another. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. So you know our VIP from her New York Times bestseller, The Interestings, where she explored the cracks of modern life with wit and insight. Her latest book, Belle Jar, is a young adult novel following a group of teens studying Sylvia Plath. I am so jealous of young adults. They get great books, they are totally spoiled, they have tons of confidence. I want to go up to them and take them by their shoulders and just go, you know, back in my day, people failed. <laughs> when they handed out excellence trophies, there was just one. Our parents were disappointed in us, and we played in the dryer. <laughs> but you guys get vampires, so I guess we're even. Our VIP is Meg Wallitzer. Let's start the games with our first two contestants, Jess Zimmerman and Nick Noblet. Jess, you, uh, your writer that, I love this, covers tech, feminism, and the intersection of the two. Sometimes. Sometimes the intersection. Okay, yeah. what are you working on right now? Uh, I actually have to go home after this yeah. and write something for The Guardian, which is mostly about how you guys all sign end-user license agreements without even looking at them. It's true. That's all, it's too many words. <laughs> they could bring it down to like 155 characters. I would read it. Uh, Nick, you're an IT genius. Yes. And a mathematician. Yes. Yeah, look at that. You went for both of them, just yep and yep. Uh, so can you apply your genius math skills to a trivia show? Well, uh, everyone always thinks that mathematicians know everything, Ophira. And, <laughs> yes, Nick? Uh, we do, but... Uh, no, everything about math, but we don't. We only specialize in certain little types. Okay. And uh, I want to win a Rubik's Cube so that I can actually learn how to solve it. It's kind of embarrassing that I don't know. Oh, so. look at that. We have a challenge for you. Yeah. So if you can get to the end, we'll see if you can solve it. Okay. Just so you know, you can buy a Rubik's Cube. But I like what you're saying. <laughs> well, this game is called Reply of the Tiger, and you're going to channel your inner Tony the Tiger that you may remember from his sugary cereal. That's great! Here to help me with this game is our one-man house band, Jonathan Coulton. Thank you so much. Okay, so all the answers will feature a grrr sound, and we want you to kind of go with it. And the winner will move on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Let's do it. This Sandra Bullock movie was so out of this world, it earned a 2014 Best Picture nomination. Nick. It's gravity. Yeah, exactly. See, I can do it. Yeah, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. When traveling in Mexico, this is how Tony says thank you. Jess. Gracias. That's exactly how he says it. But down there, he is Tonito. <laughs> it's a daily deal website that offers discounts on local goods and services. Jess. Groupon. <laughs> yes, Groupon. <laughs> Have you Grouponed? Uh, not, not in a while. Not in a while. <laughs> I like that you say that all secretive. I like it when there's 
things like blood work, and then there's $80 crossed out for $40. You're like, oh, oh, that seems wonderful. I mean, I could always use more blood work. Yeah, exactly. You mean your doctors accept coupons that I've printed out in my own home? Oh, well, they must be at the top of the class. This is the way Simon and Garfunkel feel when they walk over the 59th Street Bridge. Jess. Groovy. That's right. It's due for a comeback, Groovy. Hasn't happened. Yeah. Yeah, all right. <laughs> the removable metal caps worn as jewelry over one's teeth. Jess. Grills. <laughs> Grills, yes. <laughs> also probably due for a comeback. And for our public radio listeners that don't know what that is, they're like really pretty retainers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very classy. Sandy and Danny fly off into the sunset in this systematic, hydromatic, ultramatic car. Nick. It's Grease Lightning. Yeah. I gotta say, Nick is really selling it, Jess. I gotta step it up. Yeah. It's the sweet syrup that gives a Shirley Temple its bright red color. Jess. Grenadine. Yeah, that was good. A little better? A little better, okay. There are a million versions of the Shirley Temple. I used to love that as a kid. Are there multiple versions? Yeah, of yeah, version? you can get like one, uh, instead of the grenadine, they use like Manischewitz. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wow. called, yeah, they call it the Shirley Temple Beth Israel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is your last question. He's the quiet canine half of a British claymation duo. Jess. Gromit. You got it. Let's go to our puzzle guru, Mary Tobler, and find out how did our contestants do, Mary? They both did very well, but the winner is Jess. Yes. Well done, Jess. We will see you again at our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Our next game is called Groovy Music. I know, actually, get excited. Actually, it's not. Oh, you're right. Our next game is called... <laughs> I got so excited. Our next game is called Groovy Movie. All right. And here to play it are Robert Pepe and Nicholas Harbison. Now, sometimes this happens, that we just put two contestants together, and by pure coincidence, they have a lot in common. And here's what you two have in common. You both abandoned a college degree path that you were on at one point. Abandoned seems like a strong term. <laughs> okay. Well, what happened, Robert? Why don't you tell me? Oh, well, I was a philosophy major. Yeah. I realized that didn't prepare you for a whole lot of much. <laughs> so... Uh, I feel like that's part of the course. Yeah. Um, so I dropped out and ended up in marketing. Yeah? How's that going? Oh, that, that went badly too. Oh, really? <laughs> so, uh, so now I'm in affordable housing and going to school for my master's in childhood special education. Well, that's a lovely end to that story. It's a meandering path. It's a meandering path. That's a good one. I like that. Nicholas, uh, what happened to your college degree? Well, I actually finished my 
path, as it were, and I actually have a doctorate in biochemistry. Oh, you do! Congratulations! I do, and I hate it. Oh, no. So I uh, now work in retail. Nice! <laughs> uh, that's, that is also a meandering path. Uh, but in this game, you guys are perfectly suited for this game, because we're going to mash up the plots of two movies whose titles rhyme. And you have to name both movies. Let's go to our puzzle guru, Mary Tobler, for an example. If I were to say Ben Affleck plays a CIA agent who helps American hostages escape from Iran and then solves a murder in a small Minnesota town, you'll betcha, that would be Argo and Fargo. This is going to be a disaster. No, it's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) So... You don't have to mash up the titles, right? They just rhyme with each other, and you just have to give them both to me. All right, feel free to talk it out. Robert, I have to tell you, your lack of confidence makes me so excited for this game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun for most of us. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know when you'll have to play basketball with Woody Harrelson. Robert. Forrest Gump and White Men Can't Jump? Yeah. Who's the black private dick who's a sex machine to all the chicks and a firefighting machine also with Kurt Russell and William Baldwin? Robert. Shaft and backdraft? You got it. That's right. I want that calendar immediately. (laughs) Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy play two law enforcement officers who hunt down a creepy serial killer who stalks you in your dreams. Robert. The Heat and Nightmare on Elm Street? Yes. Yes? The audience didn't seem pleased with that. The audience gasped at your amazing (laughs) gymnastic feet that went on in your cerebral head. Good. Yeah, all right. (laughs) After a washed-up golf pro, played by Kevin Costner, Fails to qualify for the U.S. Open yet again, he decides to run away from it all by tying helium balloons to his house. Nicholas. Tin cup and up. You got it. First ten minutes of that movie, man. (laughs) Mess you up. Which one? Tin Tin cup? cup? Yeah, tin cup. (laughs) Because they're so... Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. You're like, this is not as funny as Caddyshack. Yeah. (laughs) Omar Sharif brings Boris Pasternak's Russian novel to life and then gives him the old razzle-dazzle dancing with Catherine Zeta-Jones and Renee Zellweger. Nicholas. Dr. Zhivago and Chicago? (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Two ridiculously good-looking con men pull off one of the greatest scams in 1930s Chicago and use their winnings to buy a boombox to play Peter Gabriel's In Your Eyes Below Ioni Sky's Window. Robert. The sting and say anything? Yeah, that's... Really? Wow. The only surviving child of the Russian royal family eludes the undead Rasputin while a mouse in a wizard outfit makes mops dance. Nicholas. Anastasia and Fantasia. Exactly. (laughs) Mary Tobler, puzzle guru. How did our contestants do? They did wonderfully. It was a close game. Robert's the winner. 
Well done. We'll see you in our final round at the end of the show. Coming up, we'll talk to our VIP author of The Interestings and the 10-Year Nap, Meg Wallitzer, about her first young adult novel. So stick around. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is NPR's Ask Me Another. Thanks so much for listening to Ask Me Another, and I want to let you know about some other great NPR podcasts to check out, like Latino USA. Latino USA reports on how people live and celebrate difference and current and emerging issues impacting Latinos and other people of color. Latino USA chronicles how Latinos are living, shaping, and changing America. So find Latino USA now at iTunes.com slash NPR. Listening to Ask Me Another from NPR and WNYC. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and with me is our one-man house band, Jonathan Colton, and our puzzle guru, Mary Tobler. Please welcome contestants Jess Medeiros and Julia Ward. <laughs> Jess, Julia, this game is called the Teetotalers Playlist. So, what drink do you wish you could pull off but can't because it's a mess, Jess? Um, brandy and a snifter, maybe. Yeah. yeah, walk around with that. Yeah, kind of like to dress like an old man. I'd like to <laughs> drink what they drink, too. Right. My distinctive style, Julia? I wish I could drink those sweet sugary drinks as they come with umbrellas, little extras. Yeah, so you get more than like all the want. little fun swizzle sticks and the you know, like a daiquiri and that kind of thing. Yeah, most of the drinks I get don't have any sort of bonus. Yeah, what? what <laughs> <laughs> like a prize? Right, there's no props in your drinks. Uh, Jonathan, do you have to drink to be a good musician? Uh, well, I do. <laughs> Most people don't, but I do. I, I find that I, I, I think that I'm a better musician yeah, when I drink. That's so all that matters. That's all that matters, yeah, really. Right. I'm going to play some songs that feature alcoholic drinks in their title, but I'm replacing those potent potables with non-alcoholic beverages. All you have to do is give me the original title of the song. And the winner will move on to our Ask Me One More Final Round at the end of the show. Are you ready? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so nervous. It's going to be great. I'd have sworn that with time, thoughts of you would leave my head. I was wrong, now I find just one thing makes me forget. Sunny D. Julia. Red, red wine. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which is more nutritious than Sunny D, I believe. Any alcohol is. It probably is. That's probably true. You should give your kids wine. <laughs> That's right. You want them to grow up That's to be right. a musician. That's right. Rolling down the street, eating kale chips, sipping on guava juice. Laid back. With my mind on my money and my money on my mind. Jess. Gin and juice. Yeah, gin and juice. And he came on a summer's day Bringing gifts from 
far away But he made it clear He couldn't stay No harbor was his home The sailor said, Pepsi You're a fine girl What a good wife you would be But my life, my lover, my lady Is the sea Julia. I believe it's Brandy. It is Brandy. <laughs> Jess, your whole dream of the snifter, that was your opportunity. That's why I can't drink it. Yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> We've just further enforced her entire paradigm. I know, I know. Yeah, man. Way to really drive it home. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm here for. I'm here to drive it home. Peach Snapple, that funky Snapple. Diet Apple Snapple, that funky Snapple. Jess. Brass Monkey. Yeah. <laughs> Jess, I, I appreciate you not leaving me hanging after that. That was important that somebody got that right. Thank you. I didn't know what a brass monkey was made of. Do you know? I don't think anybody knows. Oh, no, I know. We found out. <laughs> It's uh, orange juice, vodka, and dark rum pre-mixed in a can. I hope it's like a can of mushroom soup or something <laughs> that they mix it up in. Condensed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A little condensed. Yeah. Right, if you add milk, it's cream of grass monkey. <laughs> the gross. drink that says, hey, why don't you just take the day off? Yeah, you know what? <laughs> Maybe you should go home. How many special people changed? How many lives are living strange? Where were you while we were eating pie? Someday you will find me caught beneath the landslide in a V8 supernova, V8 supernova in the sky. Jess. Champagne supernova. Yeah, that's much better. I like your Oasis voice. Uh, yeah, I was doing an Oasis it's voice, good, wasn't yeah. I? It's, you can't sing that song with that. It doesn't make any sense unless you do it in the Oasis voice. <laughs> I was tired of my lady. We've been together too long. Like a worn-out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed. In the personal columns, there was this letter I read. If you like strawberry milkshakes, getting caught in the rain. Julia? Pina coladas. Indeed. <laughs> That's right. This is your last question. Well, I ain't seen my babe since I don't know when I've been drinking Red Bull Fanta Sprite again Gonna get tight, man, way too loose Need me a triple shot of wheatgrass juice Gonna get sober, man, just you wait and see I want one seltzer, one milk, and one tea One seltzer, one milk, one tea Oh, no! I don't even know what to say right now. I don't either. Julia? I know there's whiskey, and I know beer is the end of it. <laughs> I don't think we can oh, award... Oh, one whiskey, one scotch, one beer? 
It's very close. close. It's very close, but it's incorrect. George Thorogood is so mad right now. He's pretty mad. Yeah, he's, he's back to mad. drinking because of you guys right now. Uh, what is it, everybody? One bourbon, one scotch, and one beer. But that's all right. Let's go to Puzzle Guru Mary Tobler. That leads us to a tie. So we will give you a non-musical question for the tiebreaker. First one to ring in with the correct response will win the game. What singer has a greatest hits album titled Meet Me in Margaritaville? Jess. Jimmy Buffett. That's correct. Congratulations, Jess. Red, red wine, you make me feel so fine You keep me rocking all of the time Red, red wine, you make me feel so fine Monkey parking music on the swing Red, red wine, you give me Let's play six of some, half a dozen of the other with our next two contestants, Zach Schusterman and Paul Flaherty. All right, Zach, you told us that your hobbies are raising backyard chickens and 3D printing. All true. I can't believe you are the person that I've been looking for. I feel the same way. Paul, you're a high school math teacher and an ice hockey coach, or as we say in Canada, a hockey coach. Yes, that's correct. (laughs) Now, when you hear word game on public radio, what is the first thing that pops into your head, Zach? I think word. (laughs) Word? Okay. Yeah. Are you scared? Not scared? How does it feel in the comfort level? I'm really excited, actually. I used excited? to be a science geek, so now I like words. Okay, great. Paul, yeah. what's the first thing that pops into your head? I, I really hope it's about etymologies, because I'm really a big etymology fan. Oh, yeah. This game is about isograms. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Let's go to our puzzle guru, Mary Tobler, to explain what is an isogram. Sure. An isogram is a word that contains no repeated letters. So the word isogram is itself isogrammatic. Now, we're interested for this game in really long isograms, like the word uncopyrightable, which is 15 letters long, and probably one of the longest isograms you can imagine using in a sentence. And as confusing as this is, (laughs) it's actually quite straightforward. We will give you a sentence with a blank in it. You will fill in the blank with an isogram that is exactly 12 letters long. And (laughs) And if you need a hint, we'll give you the word's definition. Use your context clues. <laughs> be confident. You ready? As I'll ever be. Okay. <laughs> if you can write with either your left or your right hand, then you are considered... Paul. Ambidextrous? That's right. <laughs> See? Easy. Yeah. Despite the revelation that Twitter lost $79 million in 2012 and was thus blank... Investors still continued to buy the stock. Paul. Unprofitable? Unprofitable is correct. I don't mind the flashes of lightning. It's the blanks that follow that send me scurrying under the covers. Zach. Thunderbolts? V-O-L-T. Thunderbolts. Two T's. Yeah. No, no, two T's. Oh. Judges say two T's. There are. Sorry, Zach, it's true. that is it's incorrect. True. It's true. Paul, do you have a guess? I had a guess. <laughs> oh. Was it Thunderbolts? It was. Because that has two T's in it. So I've heard. Yeah. So, yeah. I, did, who, does anybody know the answer? Oh, Thunderclaps. Oh. Yeah. Thunderclaps, yes. I can't believe the audience was obnoxious enough to clap back. <laughs> 
That was They're not even going to take the time to say it out loud. Yeah, They're no, just like, going to sarcastically uh, slow clap at you. There's no excuse for missing an easy question like this one. That would be... Zach. Unforgivable? Yeah! Finally. Oh, Finally. Goodness, right? <laughs> My friends are a bunch of blanks. <laughs> True. The end. That's it. No. <laughs> My friends are a bunch of blanks, eating croissants, reading Camus, and dressing like Napoleon. Paul. Francophiles? Francophiles, oh, that's right. Yeah. All done. Yeah. During a full moon, the people who grow hair all over their bodies and start howling and craving raw meat are probably... Paul? I'm worried it's too short, but werewolves? That is incorrect. <gasps> Zach, do you know what it is? Lycanthropes? Lycanthropes is correct. Redemption. <laughs> I like that that clue says uh, people who start howling and craving raw meat are probably. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because we shouldn't judge. We don't know. They could just be on the paleo diet and kind <laughs> right. of hairy. It could be, could be a lot of explanations. <laughs> All right, this is your last question. By gathering data about our age, sex, and income, advertisers are able to tailor specific ads for specific... Paul. Demographics? Demographics is correct. How'd they do, Mary? Paul, you're the winner, and we'll see you in our final round at the end of the show. Our next contestant is on the line. Hi, you're on Ask Me Another. Hi, Ophira. It's Mark Neymar calling from Paris. Paris? You're in France? I am. Awesome. Nice. Late at night. Thanks, Mark, for calling in. Uh, Where are you originally from? I'm originally from Michigan. And now you make your home in Paris. Are you a Francophile? Uh, Living here kind of makes you not much of a Francophile. That's right. (laughs) That is correct. Uh, So I know that along the way you've been involved in various political committees and community boards. Are you working in some aspect of that in Paris? I am. I'm uh, on the community board of my neighborhood here in Belleville in eastern Paris and deal with things like uh, streets and public art projects and things like that. Okay, nice. So this is a perfect game for you because you probably know a little something about bureaucracy. Oh, God. Because your game is called Bureaucracy in Action. Because every federal intern dreams of having a job title that is super long so they can be impressive. So we've invented a game to celebrate those wonderful bureaucratic titles. So in this challenge, I'm going to give you a job title within the federal government of the United States. And you have to tell me whether it's real or fake. That's it. Oh, my God. Uh, Okay, okay, go ahead. All right. (laughs) Here we go. Acting Associate Administrator for the Administration for the Maritime Administration. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, I'll say that could be real. It is real. Great. I was just noticing the the acronym for that title is AMA. (laughs) (laughs) 
Director of the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration National Weather Services National Data Buoy Center. Oh my God, that has to be true. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Data Buoy kind of sounds like, uh, I don't know, Aquaman sidekick, Brainy sidekick. <laughs> yes, data Buoy. Data Buoy. <laughs> Now, why did you say that is for sure real? Because that is just how you know that they are that crazy. They are that crazy, and all the elements actually made sense independently, and then you just kind of put them together. It's kind of like German, you know? You put the different bits that kind of make sense together, and it makes a new word. <laughs> makes a new job. Yes, exactly. Makes a new job in this case, yeah. Assistant Administrator for Civil Rights of Unaccompanied Minors, Federal Aviation Administration. Could there be a comma in there somewhere? Wow. You know, you, like before you, Yeah, you know what's going on here. I'll tell you where that comma is. <laughs> you kind of got a little wheel of fortune on me there for a second. <laughs> Assistant Administrator for Civil Rights of Unaccompanied Minors, comma, Federal Aviation Administration. Okay, with the comma, I'm saying that that's a, a real job title. No, I'm sorry. No. That is fake. Yeah. Nobody cares about unaccompanied minors. I don't think they have any civil rights. <laughs> right. Their parents don't care. Nobody no, cares. No. Yeah. Yeah, that one is fake. Try this one. Division chief, comma. <laughs> Division of wild horses, comma. Burrows, comma. And prairie dogs, comma. Bureau of land management, comma. Department of the interior. <laughs> I'm sorry, all of these sound really plausible. I'm going to go for a yes for that one, too. That's hilarious. No, I'm sorry, that one is fake. <laughs> there is a division, to be fair, there's a division chief for the division of wild horses and burrows, but no prairie dogs. Yeah. Oh, I, I missed the prairie dogs. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. This is your last question. Oh, God. <laughs> United States Chief Technology Officer. That's it? That's it. United States Chief Technology Officer. Mm -hmm. yep. um, he would be like the tech czar or something like that, right? Yeah, the guy um, who uh, controls Tron. <laughs> controls Tron or healthcare.gov. Um, if there's not one, there should be. Uh-huh. I like so that as an answer. I'm going to say yes. Yes, that one is real. Mark, you did it. We are going to send all the way to France, probably with huge amounts of customs forms, a limited edition Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube for you. Congratulations. A dream come true. A bientôt, Mark. A bientôt. Now, there's no Federal Department of Trivia just yet, so until then, we are the next best thing. If you would like to be a contestant on our show, just email us at askmeanother at npr.org. And if you've heard an interesting bit of trivia, true or false, share it with us. Find us on Facebook or Twitter. Just look around for NPR Ask Me Another. And coming up, we'll see if our VIP Meg Wallitzer loves anagrams as much as she claims to. So stay tuned. This is Ask Me Another from NPR. We would like to thank one of our sponsors, Bombas. Bombas are athletic leisure socks, so they are perfect for the competitive crossword puzzler, the trivia triathlete, or the marathon punter. 
With Stay Up technology, a blister tab, and the Honeycomb support system, Bombas are designed to fit well, cushion your feet, and provide support where you need it the most. Bombas also provides support to those in need through partnerships with nationwide charities. For every pair of socks you purchase, Bombas will donate a pair to a homeless shelter. So learn more at bombas.com ask. Welcome back to Ask Me Another, NPR and WNYC's hour of trivia puzzles and word games. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and with me is our one-man house band, Jonathan Colton, and our puzzle guru, Mary Tobler. We're about to put our VIP, Meg Wallitzer, in the puzzle hot seat. But first, here's a trivia tidbit sent to us over Twitter. Jennifer Livingood. Jennifer Livingood? Yep. (laughs) She's doing fine. Yeah, she's doing great. So she wrote us to tell us that David Bowie... Yeah. Invented. <laughs> I like it so far. The board game, if you want to call it that, Connect Four. But he did it under his uh, real name, Davy Jones. Wait a minute. Yeah, a yeah, minute. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. He invented the game Connect Four. Yeah. Under his, his real name, Davy Jones. His birth name, Davy Jones. Yeah. Davey jo- he also invented the locker, right? <laughs> yeah, he invented the locker. And all kinds of problems came from that. So uh, did he... Uh, uh, I mean, it could be false or it true. It could be false. Yeah, it's up well, to you. it sounds suspicious only because it seems like Connect Four is one of those things that has been around forever. It doesn't seem like anybody invented it. I think... Just emerged naturally from the... <laughs> I think David Bowie's kind of timeless. Well, that's Do true. Do we know how old that he, guy is? He is a vampire. <laughs> He's a vampire? He is one of the Eternals. How do you explain, like, Ziggy Stardust, yet married to Iman? Like, there's a lot of things. How do you explain I, I changes? Su- I suppose... <laughs> Turn and face the strange, <laughs> diagonally. That's right. <laughs> Jeez, it's so weird. I'm going to guess this is uh, true. You and a lot of other suckers believe it is. No, oh, come on. Yeah, actually, it's totally false. Okay, good. But, in, but a, uh, a British radio personality uh, named Stuart McConey made it up and all the British people heard it, and they were like, yeah, that's totally true. That's well, totally that makes, true. Yeah, makes yeah, complete yeah. sense. They were like, David Bowie, indeed. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> um, so it gets repeated a lot, but it's totally false. It was actually invented by a Hasbro employee named Howard Wexler. See, that makes way more sense. Right. That, that makes perfect sense. That, I believe. Yeah, Howard Wexler is like, David Bowie did not create my game. <laughs> Now, please welcome our very important puzzler. She's the New York Times best-selling author of The Ten-Year Nap, The Uncoupling, and the book that's on my bedside table right now, Beljar. Please welcome Meg Wallitzer. <laughs> thanks so much for joining us on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Now, your current book is your first debut young adult novel. What made you decide to write a young adult novel? Well, I've often written about teenagers in my adult fiction, which sounds really kind of porny, I know. Um, 
But isn't I swear. I wrote a novel called The Interestings, and it started in the summer of 1974 when Richard Nixon resigns, and it follows for almost 40 years. But this time around with Beljar, I was writing about adolescence, but I was starting in one fall at a boarding school. This is a boarding school for emotionally fragile, highly intelligent teenagers. I love that phrase, by the way. I want to be that so badly. I know. Me too. Do you think, do you think it's too late for us? <laughs> There could be a, a club. There could for a just, sad, uh, pathetic <laughs> club. The AARP club. Yes, yes. But at any rate, I had always written about teenagers, so I figured why not do it, why not do it again? And what's different about writing with a young adult audience in mind as opposed to, uh, I guess, writing for an adult audience? Um, you know, you have to be the writer that you always are. There's a great line by Zadie Smith. She says, when I write, I'm trying to express my way of being in the world. And I think that's still true. But sometimes maybe the paragraphs are shorter. I'm a little bit less... I, I get kind of like really excessive and kind of go off on long side trips in my adult novels. They come in at like 600 pages. Uh, that's not going to be the case here. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's in first person because my narrator is sort of breathless and needs to tell her story. But uh, I don't really think that way. Like, now, the teen me. I mean, I put on Clearasil and sit down and write. But other than that, um, it's the same. Right. A little uh, smell some Axe body spray on some... Exactly. Yeah. Or yeah. to go back to my era, some Love's Fresh Lemon Shampoo. I don't oh. know if anybody remembers that. And I put on my Earth Shoes and walk around the house and get really into and my Huckapoo shirts. I don't know. These references are going over your head. No, I, uh, this is what I remember. I remember for Hanukkah, uh, when I, someone gave me Jeanne uh oh, perfume yeah. that I thought was very cool, and Wind Song. A Wind Song stays on your mind. <laughs> it stays on your mind. It, it's staying That's on my mind. I, I'm not going to... Your Wind Song stays on my Wind Song stays... It was like choral chanting. It was like Gregorian. Gregorian yeah. advertising. So the characters in this book are reading Sylvia Plath's The Bell Jar, uh, and they are connecting a lot through that, which I, you know, that was a book that a lot of us read uh, when we were young adults and connected to in a big way. A lot of women were like, oh my God, felt... I should really read it sometime. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you never read it? That was just something. I hear it's good. (laughs) The Bell Jar for me is like catnip for a certain kind of girl, like a kind of moody, bookish girl. Um... You come to that book knowing that the author took her life. I mean, so you come to it with a kind of inevitability. But even above and beyond that, really, the book is incredibly good. And you think about the promise of Plath, which didn't, you know, get fulfilled because of her short, short life. Uh, so the characters in, uh, in Beljar, where they are journaling in these special journals that they get, which ends up, these journals, without giving away, help them deal with their traumas. I've journaled like crazy. I don't anymore because it's too sad. But do you, were you a big journaler? No, um, I was not. I am not. I always wanted to write fiction. But for one summer, I had a, a diary, a journal, and I started off like thinking, oh, this is going to be really good, you know, and I wrote in it, today I watched Bewitched. And I thought that I was sort of like, you know, a lesser member of the Bloomsbury group. And one day, I'd be really famous and my journals would be published. But I stopped writing in the journals after about three days, and I felt so guilty, I went back, and on every page I wrote, nothing happened, nothing (laughs) happened. So that when they were found someday, it would look like I really was trying. (laughs) Now, it's not often that we have a VIP on our show that is not only accomplished uh, in one thing, but also a published game writer. You're a professional game writer. You co-authored a book of cryptic crosswords, which is the most devious, demented, 
difficult version of the crossword because it involves... I like that alliteration <laughs> there that you threw double, in. Double, well, there's, there's the answers and there's the puns and there's more clues within the clues. Oh, yeah. It's a nightmare. Well, we have a pretty great game for you coming right up that uh, we think only you can play. So are you up for an Ask Me Another Challenge? I am, yes. All right. Meg Wallitzer, everybody. So this game is called A Maternal Love Sting, which I'm sure you know is an anagram of novel title anagrams. Oh, oh, it, oh novel title anagrams? Yeah. That was an anagram of that? Yeah. This is going to go badly. <laughs> oh, God. That is what everyone says, and it's always great. Um, Until so, now. So we've taken the names of some famous novels and anagrammed each of them into a new phrase. And to help you out, we'll use that phrase in a sentence that helps clue the original title. Okay. So let's go to our puzzle guru, Mary Tobler, for an example. A tart by the eggs, as in, the title character has an affair with a tart by the eggs. East and West Egg, that is. That's oh, the an Great e- Gatsby. There you go. Did that one count, or that's just like... That the- would count. Oh, good. So I could say... No, that one doesn't count. Because at yeah. least I could say... I went home, I, I got one right. Oh, yeah, okay, you're right. There you go. You're yeah. right, we can edit that into the game. Good. <laughs> but if you get enough questions right, Holly Caitlin of Raleigh, North Carolina, is going to win an Ask Me Another Anagram t-shirt. So the stakes are average. <laughs> All right. A nerd dripped juice. As in, a nerd dripped juice all over this book because he was so excited to be reading Jane Austen. Pride and Prejudice. Yes! It is a truth universally acknowledged that nerds drip juice all over (laughs) everything they read. That was a Jane Austen joke for for insiders like myself. Loner gig, as in being married to the title character turns out to be a loner gig for Nick Dunn. Oh, Gone Girl. Yes. See, I'm thinking this is like, you're going all Thackeray on me here, and this is something I never heard of, like a title called Ergon Lynn. <laughs> well, that was the third question, so thanks. No. <laughs> Oven stain. As in, Bigger Thomas leaves a bloody oven stain when he burns a murder victim's body in the basement. Oh, Native Son. Yes, exactly. Okay, now I'm feeling these are too easy. No, no, no. No. (laughs) For this one, we're giving you two anagrams for the same novel. Sensualist heroes and Earth's lousiness, as in... In this Hemingway book, sensualist heroes spend their time in France and Spain bemoaning the Earth's lousiness. The sun also rises? The sun also rises, yes! (laughs) This is my favorite one. Elites thought, oh, as in, there was a mixed reaction to this Virginia Woolf masterpiece. The common people loved it, but the elites thought, oh, to the lighthouse, yes, baby. exactly. Who is your favorite character in that book? Who is my favorite character in that book? I didn't read that book. I know. Just, <laughs> just setting you up to... To fail? That's an interesting idea of yours, Meg. Well, you told me you liked that sort of highly intelligent thing, so I thought we were talking on the same level. Nope. Oh, well. 
You're way above me, no. and I occasionally make a joke. That's how this works. I aspire to your wit. This is your last question. Fetching hold, as in this Donna Tart novel, has a fetching hold on its avid readers. Well, I could milk this the way that Do guy it. did on Do Who it. Wants to Be a Millionaire. Oh, remember that the one, the first guy who won a million dollars. Yeah, he just like right. He said, He's, "I'm, you know, yeah." Uh, yeah, you want to do that? You want to think? I could go. think about her three novels <laughs> and try to rearrange the letters of the secret history and the little friend. But no, no, that would be fruitless because it's the goldfinch. Yes, it is. I will let you know that as far as VIP games go, this was definitely one of the more challenging ones, and you just skated through it like it was no problem at all. So congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you. Not only is Holly in Raleigh going to get an Ask Me Another limited edition anagram t-shirt, but Meg, so are you. I know. So thank you so much. Another hand for our amazing VIP, Meg Wallitzer. Long ago of yore. It all began with a god named Thor. There were Vikings and boats and some plans for a furniture store. It's not a bodega, it's not a mall. They sell things for apartments smaller than mine, as if there were apartments smaller than mine. Ikea, just some oak and some pine and a handful of Norsemen. Ikea, Selling furniture for college kids and divorced men Everyone has a home If you don't have a home, you can buy one there Now we're going to crown this week's grand champion So let's bring back from Reply of the Tiger, Jess Zimmerman from Groovy Movie, Robert Pepe, from the Teetotalers playlist, Jess Medeiros, and from Six of Some, Paul Flaherty, to play our Ask Me One More final round. And our puzzle guru, Mary Tobler, will explain what this final round is all about. In this final round, every correct answer will contain the name of a room, piece of furniture, or other item you would commonly find inside a house. We're playing this spelling bee style, so one wrong answer and you're out. The last person standing is our Ask Me Another grand prize winner. And for your prize, you'll receive a special Beljar journal, plus Meg Wolitzer will play a game of Scrabble with you. <laughs> I said the stakes were high. Here we go. Jess Z a children's game in which everyone must scramble to find an open seat when a song abruptly stops. Musical chairs. That's correct. Robert, traditional event thrown by the maid of honor to celebrate a woman's impending wedding. A bridal shower. That's you, not it. That's you, it? You got yeah, that's it. it. That's it. That's it. Jess M. In a book, it's a page listing the chapters and the pages on which they begin. A table of contents. Good job. <laughs> Paul. You'll often find this eight-minute Led Zeppelin opus near the top of lists of the best rock songs of all time. Stairway to Heaven. That's correct. Jess Z. It's the personal computer operating system first released by Bill Gates' company in 1985. 
Three more seconds. I'm sorry, time's up. Robert, can you answer? It's the personal computer operating system first released by Bill Gates' company in 1985. Windows? That's right. I'm sorry, Jesse, that means that you're out. Thank you. Jess M., the town where Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble lived. Bedrock. That's right. Paul, a two-word term for the metaphorical barrier erected by the Soviet Union between the West and its Eastern European allies. Iron Curtain? Iron Curtain is correct. Robert, it's the name of a Fox reality cooking show hosted by Gordon Ramsay and a neighborhood in Midtown Manhattan. Kitchen Nightmares? That's not right. No, I'm sorry. Jess M. Hell's Kitchen. That's right, Jess M. I'm sorry, Robert. That means that you're out. Now we're down to two contestants, Jess M. and Paul. Paul. Term used by Justin Timberlake when apologizing for an incident involving Janet Jackson during the halftime show of Super Bowl 38. Wardrobe malfunction? Wardrobe malfunction is it. (laughs) Jess M. Abraham Lincoln is typically depicted wearing this type of hat. She's thinking. We'll give you three more seconds. I'm sorry. Paul, if you can get this, you'll be our Ask Me Another grand prize winner. Abraham Lincoln is typically depicted wearing this type of hat. Stovepipe? Stovepipe is correct. Paul, you're our Ask Me Another big winner. Congratulations. One last round of applause for our VIP, Meg Wallitzer. That is our show. Thank you so much for listening. And if you would like to be a contestant, find us on Facebook or Twitter. Just look around for NPR Ask Me Another. And you can be a puzzle player anytime, anyplace by downloading our podcast from iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is Mary Tobler. Hey, my name anagrams to later, my bro. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Val Jolta Cannon. Our puzzle editor is Art Chung, with additional puzzle writing by Kyle Beakley, Greg Lightman, Greg Pliska, and J. Keith Van Stratton. Ask Me Another's produced by Jesse Baker, Josh Rogeson, Eleanor Kagan, Jess Miller, and our intern Lauren Moon, along with Portia Robertson-Migas and Eric Newsom. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore and Kristen Moeller. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. How do you write a book that kids love? Well, according to Mo Willems, author of the Knuffle Bunny series, just don't talk down to them. I think the difference between adults and kids are that kids are shorter. They're not stupider. (laughs) Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, and our VIP, Mo Willems, next time on Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, trivia, and pigeons. Hey, that's the end of Ask Me Another, but you can get more. There are so many other NPR podcasts to check out, like Latino USA. Latino USA chronicles how Latinos are living, shaping, and changing America. So check it out now. Find Latino USA at iTunes.com slash NPR.